To Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And once again, we'd like to welcome you to, for, uh, to this series, The Kingdom of God and What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. And actually, we're on Program 22 now, coming out of Egypt Part 6, uh, for your reference. And, of course, if you want to check out some past programs, you can go to our website, www.justasiamministries.org, and click the Listen Now button and catch up on these programs if you haven't heard them. Now, we've been noticing in this series um, how man behaves as he's infected with fear and selfishness and how God behaves in trying to cure us and, you know, and how he doesn't abuse his power and how his love wins us over. And he's trustworthy. And he's trustworthy. Yeah. Okay, Susan, you want to you open the program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you that uh, we can always come to you and that you are trustworthy, that you want nothing but the best for us. Um, we pray now that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us and to guide our minds and to help us to reason through your word and, um, and to uh, determine um, the ways that we can be healed and uh, changed people. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, if we can remember that God is the great physician and that we're his patients, it'll be a great help to us in understanding who God is and what he's trying to accomplish. He's dealing with patients that are deviant from his original design. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have a medical condition that needs a remedy. That's right. The human brain is just that. It's it's a brain infected with fear and selfishness. And um, just every human being is always wanting to choose the path of least resistance. Yep. Um, the fear and the selfishness run so deep in us that it seems that we can only escape for a moment or two. Yep. And that's 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 it, you know, and, and we've all been through it. God brings us through the trials. You know, and we're, we're as the trial begins, we're in. You know, we're crying out to him, and but after the trial's over, we 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 return back to the old way. We forget how much we needed God, how scary the situation really was when we were crying out, and we forget who really brought us through the trial. Mm-hmm. We go back to being self-sufficient until the next trial, and then we cry out again. Or as as we've been studying in in the uh, book of Exodus, in the case of the Hebrews coming out of Egypt, that they couldn't wait on the Lord, that they just simply returned to their old ways in the in the golden calf incident. That's right, and you know what? This happens with addicts who get clean and sober. Sometimes the things don't happen just exactly their way or what they're what they think it should be. Maybe the pressures of life become too much, and the whole waiting on the Lord thing is so foreign to them, and it's so scary. The fear kicks in, and they can go right back to their old ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it, it can be reality can be very very scary to an addict mm-hmm. uh, and this is what's going on with the Hebrews when Moses doesn't come down the mountain right away that's right in Exodus 32:19 the Bible says and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses's anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hand and break them. Why a golden calf? We had talked about that the last time it, that we had the program. We did. We talked about why. Remember, and it, it appears like Israel could have could have very possibly identified the golden calf with the Egyptian goddess Hathor, or even more likely the god Ihi, the 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 divine son of Hathor. And it's it's interesting because the. Uh, Egyptian goddess Hathor came in the form of a cow, or a woman's with a cow's, with a cow's head, or a woman with cow's horns or cow's ears, kind of a thing. Right, and she bore uh, several other titles that included the Golden One, the Golden One, and the Mistress of Music. She was the patron of love, motherhood, drunkenness, fun, dance, and music. So the worship of Hathor degenerated into immorality, and she is depicted in some scenes and statues as a sensual young woman. But the interesting thing was, was she was the protector of travelers from Egypt to various areas, including Sinai. Now, her son, Ihi, in the Egyptian belief, had a nature that was sometimes coupled with the nature of the animal god who led the departed souls of the Egyptians through the desert of death, Ihi then become became a um, you know uh, a proper magical or a mystical uh, guide for the Egyptians traveling in the in the desert of Sinai, uh, and so uh, you, you see here that that's what the Egyptians' gods performed, or that's what their that's what their um, you know, because every that's what they that's what they stood for. Yeah, because every god gods, every right. god had a different stood for something different. Right. Well, the, this Hathor and Ihi they stood for the travel protection. Right. See, and so uh, what was the what well, was the claim? Right. You look in Exodus thirty two four, and it says, "And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt." Yep. So first, what drives us to bad behavior? Uh, the most prevalent thing is fear. Fear. What drove the Hebrews to make the calf? It was fear. You know, Moses had gone, and uh, they thought that they had no one to protect them. They didn't know when he was coming back, and so they went back to what they knew, what was comfortable. The old Egyptian protector of travelers, Hathor or her son, now remember who was in the crowd, because the Bible calls it a mixed multitude. Yeah, who's the mixed multitude? Because see, what's happening here is Reality is hitting the Hebrews, and they weren't used to leaning on Moses and waiting on the Lord. So they went back to the old ways, and this happens to an addict. And so uh, who who is the mixed multitude? Were they religious people? Here's the danger. The mixed multitude, the mixed multitude are worldlings disguised as religious people. Remember, they had no problem with a worship service. Mm-hmm. Who was the first murderer on the planet? An atheist? No, it was Cain who spoke directly with God and who held. They had a worship service right along with his brother. Yeah. And so like the last time we talked about this type of behavior for leaders and for followers of, of Christ. Yeah, because Peter talks about it. He says in Second Peter 2, 1, 
false prophets appeared in the past among the people in the same way false teachers will appear among you. They will bring in destructive... By the way, see, Aaron was the one that made the calf. He right. was the religious leader. Right, he's the, the one that, that succumbed to the yeah. pressure. Yeah, and so the mixed he, multitude... Well, he, became, he fell to the pressure of not knowing where Moses was and then also the pressure of the people. Right, right. And so basically, uh, let me go back to Second Peter 2, 1. They will bring in destructive, untrue doctrines and will deny the master who redeemed them and so will bring upon themselves sudden destruction. Let's drop down to 2.19. Okay, they promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of destructive habits, for we are slaves of anything that has conquered us. 2.20, if people have escaped from the corrupting forces of the world through their knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then are again caught and conquered by them, such people are in worse condition at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been much better for him to never have known the way of righteousness than to know it and then turn away from the sacred command that was given them. What happened to them shows that the Proverbs are true. A dog goes back to what it has vomited, and a pig that it had been washed goes back and rolls in the mud. God was in the process of, of, of changing their minds and healing them through these trials of coming through the through through uh, the desert of Sinai, and what they did, they went right back and rolled in the mud. Right, so they had that glimpse of God's power and glory as they came through the wilderness. Yeah. And then they were so scared and frightened that they turned back. Yeah, reality got to them. Right, and so what in Second uh, Peter, those are really powerful w- they words are. because it's talking about people, teachers, and students that can't control their natures. So why? Why can't they control their natures? Because they're not looking to God as a God that can heal them. They're only looking to God as a God that will get them off the hook for their evil behavior. It's a self-serving religion that only desires to save oneself. Right. Egypt can never come out of us if we don't address the core issue, and the core issue is fear. Forgiven people don't make the world a better place. Healed people do. Now, is forgiveness important? Yeah, yeah, we're not going to discount forgiveness, but 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 it's a vital part of the healing process. It's like For, the beginning yeah, of the process. Yeah, forgiveness is part is the beginning of the process. Um, Christ forgave those that put him on the cross. Did they make the world a better place? Forgiveness is not the issue. The condition of the human heart is the issue. Healing is a process. It's design law at work. That's right. And if you give, you live. That's right. That's design law. That's right. You can't keep it unless you give it away. That's right. The Christian life is a life of sacrifice and renewal. Notice first the sacrifice and then the renewal in the following text. And I love this, this the, the order of events here, because in Romans 12, uh, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 12.2, and be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The, the, the great thing is, is that this is the whole theme throughout the Bible. Providing you read the Bible from a thera- from a therapeutic lens rather than a legal lens, 
reading the Bible through the legal lens is legalism. Yeah, and there's no healing there. Right, and God is trying. That, so that's why Jesus came in a human as a human being to reveal and in, in, in just a profound way the healing model. Yeah. You know, he he um, went around, that's what he did more than anything else was to heal people. It's he wants to make people well. He wants to make us well. But if we misinterpret God's actions, in other words, if we misinterpret a trial as punishment rather than a trial as therapy, we get in all kinds of trouble. And, and we can go back to what is this planet? It's we We live on... A dangerous planet. That's right. It's just the way things are. And there's are. no pain-free options. Yep, reading the Bible through that legal lens, that, that's what legalism is. And it, I mean, how do you read Matthew 6, 33? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his legal pardon? No, his righteousness, his right doing, and all these things will be added to you. Right. Did Jesus say Nick to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is legally pardoned, he cannot see the kingdom of God? No, unless he's born again. He had to be completely born again. The old man had to die, and the new Nicodemus had to be had to be resurrected. Yeah. So now, don't get us wrong. Is forgiveness important? Yes, by all means, it's crucial part of the healing process. But the forgiveness that Christ offers has to do something. That's right. And we can read in Titus 3, um, verses 4 and 5, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior was revealed, He saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves had done, but because of His own mercy that He saved us through His Holy Spirit, who gives us a new birth and a new life by washing us. By washing us. What do you do when you wash something? Do you wash it and just, de- do you not wash it and then just declare it clean? Or do you wash it and make it clean through the process of washing it? Character transformation is a part of the gospel. Right. And if we go to uh, Psalm 51, it's an excellent example with, it, with King David. Yeah, it, right there, Psalm 51 spells it all out. That's right. So, um, First King David acknowledges that he has a birth defect. So what's the defect? Yeah, what have we been talking about? It's the infection of fear and selfishness. Right, right. and then he asks God to go to a different level, to seek inside of his own heart, not just his actions, but down deep into his heart. And part of his prayer is for forgiveness, but the bulk of his conversation with God is for a new character, one that won't hurt people anymore. And that's, that's the key, you know. I mean, myself... My life, I be honest with you, I got tired of hurting people, you know, and it's a process because mm-hmm. we still do, and then we carry the guilt for doing well, that. Well, it's all about self protection, and in doing do self protection, you, you hurt people. You hurt it's just people. a byproduct, you know. And and David is realizing this right here. This is now. Remember, this is Psalm fifty-one. This is after he'd done a bad, a bunch of bad deeds. God is asking him to write this, and God is putting this in Holy Scripture. So that everyone can read. And I thought only holy men of old wrote in Scripture. It's Here we've amazing. got a murderer, murderer and an adulterer that God has said, you know what? I have enough confidence in you, David. You're a changed man, and I like that. Uh, Psalm 51, let's, let's look at Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Here he's, he's admitting the, the birth defect. I said, I got issues. I got genetic issues uh, yep. that I'm born with. Yep, and then he moves on. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. 
Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. It doesn't say legally pardon me and I shall be clean. No, it says wash me and I shall be clean. That's right. In Psalm 51, 9, David says, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Yep, the motivation has to come from the inside. But it can't come from the inside unless we let him in. Notice what the message is over and over in the New Testament by John and John the Baptist and by Jesus. Right, so Matthew 3 says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. From that time, Jesus began. This okay. That was Matthew three one and three two. Matthew four seventeen. This is Jesus speaking himself. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." And if we can go to Mark one fourteen and fifteen, now John was arrested. Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, "The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand." Repent and believe in the gospel. What's the key word in in all those texts? It's repent. It's repent. If I can get this right, Mm. metaneo, okay? Mm -hmm. And you know what it simply means? To think differently, to have a change in mind. You know, the the full biblical definition of repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Wow. Yeah. To think differently. So Jesus is saying, you need to think differently. You need to go from a fearful, untrusting person to a trusting person. Let that perfect love cast out all fear. Right. And you'll be changed and you will stop hurting people. Mm-hmm. Let's go all the way back. Now, remember, we were at Second Peter chapter 2. Let's go all the way back to verse 20. Okay. Okay. If, if people have escaped from the corrupting forces of the world through their knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then they are caught and conquered by them, such people are in worse condition at the end than they were at the beginning. Okay, why? Because God is angry with them? Because God has inflicted some curse on them? No. Because they're now in some kind of legal trouble with God? No. It's because when we do things that we know we shouldn't, we incur that guilt and shame. And then the cycle of addiction starts all over again. So so what is that cycle? It, it begins with a, an emotion that every human goes through every single day. And, and it's, it's pain, which the, the worst of which is fear. You know, you've heard it said, it's, it's not the pain, it's the fear of the pain. And the cycle of addiction that uh, in the cycle of addiction, this pain requires what? It requires self-medication. Right. Which brings what? Temporary relief. Temporary relief. But also brings what? Negative consequences. Which produce by nature guilt, shame, fear, which is emotional pain, which require what? Self-medication. So we're coming right back into that vicious cycle. Which brings self-medication, which brings temporary relief, but also brings negative consequences, which produce by nature, once again, guilt, shame, fear, which once again is emotional pain, which require on down the line. And here's where the cycle stops. As long as we trust the great physician, the cycle will stop. 
I needed to be 100% healed from my drug addiction. I needed to be 100% healed from my alcohol addiction. I needed to be 100% healed from my cigarette addiction. And I will be 100% healed from my fear addiction if I 100% trust the doctor. The timing is his business, not mine. My only job is to trust, or as the Bible puts it in Hebrews 6.12, we do not want you to become lazy, but to be like those who believe, who trust, and are patient, and so receive what God has promised. Well, and the thing is, is that if you if you um, are sick, do you... And say you've got a really, you know, a, a bad disease or something. If you're sick, do you go to the doctor one time or does the doctor become like your best friend and you're going to him because you know he has, you know, he has the medication or the treatment plan or whatever that's going to help you um, to be healed. And that's how, like you said before, we have to look at God that he desires the very best for us and he's trustworthy. He's got everything we need to be healed and it's not going to be a perfect life here but he can give us that perfect peace. Yeah, you know, you're not going to have peace with the devil. That's right. You know, uh, it all or, could, with, or with this world. Or yeah, or or with the the mixed multitude if you will. You're not going to have a peace in a lot of areas with with areas where you shouldn't have peace. But peace with God is a whole nother thing. And uh it's like you were saying trust in the doctor. I mean, I think we talked about it on an on a on a uh one of the earlier episodes about, you know, I, I had this, uh, this nail fungus and I tried to get rid of it in so many different ways, tried home remedies, tried all kinds of things. And I got a new doctor and the doctor said, Hey, try this, this Lamisil. And so tried it, started to clear it up. I had to take another prescription because it didn't clear it up all the way. And then the doctor prescribed yet another prescription and so I've got it and it's and it's going away but it's because I'm taking I'm doing what the doctor said. Right. If I if because I Because it's like this internal thing. It's not just something that you can wish away yeah. or you know You have to do what the doctor prescribes in order to get healthy to get my nails healthy again. I have to do what the pro- doctor prescribes. And and of course, you know, the analogy isn't perfect. So sometimes a doctor, <laughs> you know, you know, and that's the thing. It's not about bodily healing. It's about your mind, mind. being healed. Healing your mind. That's and right. Doing what the doctor prescribes the to mi- get your mind healed. The mind and the heart, you know, setting the heart right, justifying it, setting it right and and helping it to stay right. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the key messages is 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 don't be afraid of God, the one that can heal you. Be afraid of sin. That's the stuff that damages you. The wages of sin is death. Sin when it is full grown brings forth death. He who sows to the carnal nature from that nature reaps destruction. So we need to be afraid of sin, which is destroying us, not be afraid of God, the only one that can save us, the only one that can heal us, the only one that can make us well. And and, and, and the thing is, is there's no, no need to hide from him because no. he already knows everything. He's just waiting for us to, to come to him so that he can help give us that salvation. You know, the brain, healing. yeah, the brain, the brain healing is different than the body. I'm never ashamed to go to the doctor if I've got the flu. 
but for you know we don't right. we I'm not ashamed of that but but we some reason for that inner sin but we that wanna... inner sin we're ashamed and we're afraid to go to that doctor you know if I got you know if we have a broken bone or something like that I'm not ashamed of that I want to no. go to the doctor I want to get fixed. it set I want to get it healed want to be but fixed. I'll tell you what we we really all uh, that hidden stuff all is that hard. hidden stuff yeah, yeah. so. Uh, you once again, I wanted to to, to uh, mention once again that we ha- do have a workbook. You can give us a call at 916-645-1297. And if you're new to the program, you can go to our website, listen to the programs that have already aired there, www.justasiamministries.org, and cl- click the Listen Now button, um, and we can, we, can get you, uh, we can get you the old uh, programs there. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.